A Cancer and a Capricorn contains explicit content and topics that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is appreciated. Listening to A Cancer and a Capricorn, the podcast hosted by yin and yang BFFs that are willing to try just about anything to be happier, healthier, and more humble. I'm Sarah, the Cancer. And I'm Ken, the Capricorn. Each episode, we deep dive on an overall wellness-related topic or trend, talk about its origins, and tell you about our personal findings after we try them out for ourselves. We hope that you're able to find joy and purpose today. Hold on a second. We hope that we are able to help you find joy and purpose today and maybe make you laugh along the way. We're so glad that you're here. Um, so... This episode, today, we are going to be talking about grief a little bit because as Ken's and I were sitting there and looking at our first, you know, 10, 15 episodes, we were looking at around the dates and timelines and things of when things would release. And uh, the episode that we're recording today is coming out right around Grief Awareness Day, Grief Awareness Week. I know August is really just big for grief awareness in general, in many places across the nation um, and around the world. So we thought it would be advantageous to throw some info out for you guys um, because I think you know based on what I learned in my research grief is just like the receipt of having loved oh oh wow that is profound and I love that the receipt of having love yeah so good. You know, we'll mm-hmm. get into it more. Um, but first, we're going to do all of our normal shtick, spiel, the whole kit and caboodle. And we are going to hit the deck. Let's do it. All right. I've got everything ready, spaghetti. And you did the research. So hop on in, queen. It's all about you. Yes, 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 yes. Eh. <laughs> this one. <laughs> God damn it with the pentacles! You are a pentacle! <laughs> You are on a pentacle! <laughs> okay. So just one second. Just, I'm sh- just shrieking into the ether. And I'm just laughing because this freaking dog is squeaking behind us. So, okay, so. There so, will be dog noise. We have a, yeah. uh, we are, we've got a rogue puppy. Yeah, we've got a bonus friends. So we're babysitting for one of our uh, best friends this weekend, her puppy, so she can go work and do queen things. Um, and I'm not mad about it, but uh, she's she's being an agent of chaos, and it's really <laughs> she's funny. She's a menace because she is young. <laughs> yes, oh, to be a youth. Uh, um, so you drew ten of pentacles. Ah, uh, yeah, I did. Pentacles, and it is in the um, upside down position. So you're you Whoa. are reversed. You are reversed. Reverse. 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 Um, so page one twenty seven. Okay, back. so I okay. got. I drew the. The Ten of Pentacles. Ten of okay. Pentacles. I have the tracker up really quick. Of the nine episodes we have recorded so far, one, two, three, four, half have been Pentacles. <laughs> I'm weak. Uh, over half of yours have been swords, so. <laughs> I am a sword. Um, swords are kind of phallic, too, no? Yeah. I'm, and the Pentacles, I'm I mean, it's circular and. Yeah. Very. 
mommy and daddy y'all <laughs> it's so weird mother sign and father sign it's a tru- little spooky let's put I it think in the journal so much of it comes in yes i'm really excited to put it in the manifestation book thank you oh you gotta post pictures of them yes they're cute yes they're so cute um sarah got us these beautiful journals to start posting for our magic uh, things that are happening in our life that are spooky magical and just really uh, spiritually aligning yeah and we just we need to be documenting them so i'm really excited So Ten of Pentacles, the last of the pip cards in this suit, the Ten represents fulfillment and abundance. In some decks, the Ten of Pentacles shows a happy couple, perhaps with a child observing the luxurious home contently. The card has connections with family, especially family, money, and property, but also the legacy of inherited resources such as good health, intelligence, cultural benefits. Um, And in the reverse position... You may be so established at this point that you are stagnating. Maybe you've retired comfortably, now just sitting around watching TV. The reverse Ten of Pentacles can indicate problems with family members, perhaps frustrations, disagreements, or responsibilities regarding (laughs) business, property, or inheritance. I don't want just vented to you about before. Literally, I'm. It's so poignant. I'm. No other notes. No other notes. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that one's, I don't like to be like, oh, it's personal, so I'm not going to talk about it. Because, like, we've already talked about some pretty personal shit. But, yeah. like, this one's a little personal. This is, like, yeah. this is, like, real life, like, business as usual, like, running your own shop kind of stuff. Yeah. So, like. It's family matters. Family matters. It's family matters. Keep it in the family. It's literally um, just pocketbook problems, but that's about it. Yeah, it's just like running a household and things happen um, and very m- minor, but a frustration. But it's just really, f- hel- I started laughing because I was reading it and I was like, we just talked about this. Literally, like, that's why we were a little schmoopy in the intro because we had a heavy conversation. Yeah, so, ah, uh, the spirit guides always know. <clears throat> Okie dokie, and I got the, what? The high priestess, but in the reversed. <gasps> Whoa. Both reversed. What is raining down reverse, on us? Reverse, reverse. Oh, reverse, reverse. We're in Leo season. Maybe there's just a shift. Are we? Oh, today. As of yeah. today, is it not? Because mm-hmm. I was like, why are we both reverse, reverse? Reverse, reverse. Because neither of us have Leo, like, hardly at all in our chart. Correct. Correct. Um, okay. Reversed. 162. So t- oh, shit. Zuri is chewing on my fucking cord. <laughs> Damn it, Zuri. Honey, no. You're so cute. I can't have everything nice. Um, okay, so the High Priestess, this beautiful and enigmatic card symbolizes feminine spiritual power or the goddess from whom all life comes and to whom all it returns. Some decks show her as a serene female figure seated with a book or scroll on her lap to indicate wisdom. Other in, uh, decks depict her gazing into the distance at something yet to be revealed. Um, and so it's intuition, emotions, feminine power, imagination, spirituality. In the reverse, the high priestess re- uh, reverse says your unrealized potential has yet to be discovered. Your secret, authentic self is locked away in the basement. Perhaps you're hesitant to look too deeply into yourself, or you may be hiding your true self from others because you fear the judgment or disapproval. In some cases, she means you're too involved in your inner world and you need to go outside yourself. So fascinating that this comes up. Um, I have been marinating. Uh, so I had a 
team outing yesterday um, and working from home for the most part, they work remotely for the most part all the time. And this was the first time my whole team has been together ever since I started at oh, my wow. position. Yeah. It's the first time we've all been like all together. Breathing the same air. Yes. And genuinely enjoy them all so much. That's good. And I also realized. I like, oh, man, that could have been a butt. Yeah. And. could have been a big old butt. Sorry. Leave the violin right alone. <laughs> this is what happened earlier. This is exactly we'll the pause. violence. We'll pause. Yep. Should we separate the children? Yeah, I'm going to. It was just the first time I've realized, or maybe it's just because we've I've been separated or in this position. I'm not really sure. I'm struggling to realize who I am perceived as, if that makes sense. Oh, sure. Like you're wondering like what you're giving. Yes. Like what people are receiving from you. Because you have absolutely no idea. It's like how you can never, you're never, this is this has always been something that really bothers me on a really deep visceral yeah. level that you will never be able to see your own eyeballs. Yeah. You'll never actually be able to see your own eyeballs ever. Never. Never. Not unless you never. take one out and look at it. Please don't. Fucking do that. <laughs> I will never do. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Donate your body to science, everybody. Body farms. Go to the body farm. <gasps> I would love to. Um, um, but it's kind of like yeah, that, though. Because yeah. like, you will never actually be able to be in somebody else's mind when you're sitting there trying to be like approachable. And yeah, even I, if you're just trying to be like neutral and someone's like, whoa, what a bitch. Like, yeah. You have no idea what you're giving. Like, for yes. real, for real. Yes. Yeah. You're, you want to be a team player. I, I do. I want to be a team player. I want to be, you know, kind and compassionate and someone people at least enjoy working with. And I understand, yeah. like, we're not going to be someone's, you know, best friend or perfect for everyone. And, and just room, I think is maybe the fact that this was the first time we've all been together and you're taking in everyone's energy oh, all yeah. at once. That's always really hard for me personally yes. as an empath. Yeah. I was just sponging it all oh, at yeah. once. And then I really, like, the whole car ride home, I had to, like, kind of dice it up and be like, okay, how much of this it's out of my control but how much of this am I going to allow to is it going to bother me what am I going to take into my control how much is internalizing yes yeah. yep what's perceived and then like what am I going to do with it right because sure. um, we did like the disc assessment oh fun <laughs> we're gonna need to put an end to that for the sake of the listeners yeah yeah I'm gonna grab that I was never meant to be mother. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean, yeah. though, because, like, especially after you and I pay attention to people a lot in yes. interactions, mm -hmm. and we pay attention to broad spectrum, everything mm -hmm. that's going on in the room. We're both very perceiving mm -hmm. people. Yes. You know? And you're hardcore and you're judging, too. You're making judgments about every situation that's encountering you all the time. We learned that in the 16 personalities quiz. That was like... Yes. Hard, like 75% or something yes. like that in judging. Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting there taking in that much information, that many streams of consciousness are firing all at the same time, I imagine that car ride home was just like, mm -hmm. just sorting through all of that paperwork, I guess, you know, every yes. thing that you went through. Were there any, like, do you care to give any examples of like not necessarily specific people or like, but like maybe an instance that you per perpetuated on a little bit? Yes. So, 
Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yes. I've been married. Perhaps podium. <laughs> Uh, I think the, the only thing I'm married on, it's not bad at all. It's just like, so for example, for the disc assessment, you have like kind of your opposites, if you mm-hmm. will, right? And um, I'm an I, uh, which was even funnier because a couple of people, were, when we were sitting there waiting for results, I'm like, I wonder what everyone is. They're like, you're an I. <laughs> I'm like, am I? <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> I can tell you how I perceived you from the get if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, hit me. My, I would say... <clears throat> You remember the time that I came over and I told you that the song Cocky AF by Megan the Stallion reminded me of you? Honestly, one of the peak moments of my life, yes. Mm-hmm. It's literally like your theme. Like if I could go back to my Nokia brick phone, that would be the song I would put as your ringtone. Oh. Like that is you in That's my a, brain. That is an honor. But it's true honor. And it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> yeah. because we think of each other as the exact same human being. It's so true. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're like, I wonder, I wonder what people think of me. Well, I think you're a boss ass queen. And the moment I met you, I was like, Oh, I like that one. I want to keep that one. I want to call her daddy. Yeah, <laughs> I want to call her daddy, just like Megan. Yes, I would call Megan daddy a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yep. I'd yep. call her whatever I needed to. I'd mm-hmm. call her Madam President. Yeah, whatever a- she wants. Whatever she I don't wants. Give her yerk. Yep. Oh, yep. That is so, funny. that's yeah. funny though that you're an I. Yeah. I don't remember what I am. We'll do that sometime. Yeah, we should look at that. Because I do think it's really helpful, um, especially for people who are in any kind of team setting, mm-hmm. especially in, when you get into management, I think, too, because when you know the best ways to convey information, receive information, yeah. accept information from different types of people, I have a lot of really strong personalities on my team specifically. So yeah. going through those assessments and understanding the most efficient way to communicate with each specific person has been it, it's impacted the way that I manage my team oh for sure hugely because I know that there are certain people who absolutely need context before they're willing to accept a task and other people are like just give me the bullets I don't give a fuck about the context so like mm-hmm. knowing exactly mm-hmm. knowing yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> you them d's you though. them d's get that d um so yeah, that's like, I think that would be a really interesting thing to deep dive, especially because like, it can be applied, you know, like absolutely in a work setting in heck with your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I think me at work, I show up very differently. Like, so like this disc assessment, I show up very differently at work than I do in life. I will challenge that in that I have had the unique privilege to do projects and tasks with you. Oh, yeah. So I feel like I have seen a more business-oriented side of you, but that's mm. like a privilege of proximity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, in a social setting, mm-hmm. of course, you're yeah. not the same person you are at work. But we've like tackled huge projects together and yeah. we've done a lot of shit yeah. together. So like, I feel like I have seen the way that you've gotten that you. You're just so good at like figuring out the root problem from everybody's perspective and then also figuring out a way to be like all right how am I going to make everybody happy enough that it's at least acceptable like not everybody's going to be singing but it's going to be acceptable you have a really good way of driving to like and it's not by like laziness you're just like efficiency you're like minimum viable product what are we doing like I just (laughs) let's get a result (laughs) exactly you're like what's the result if you don't like that result I'll give you a new one in three days I'll give you the next iteration in 42 business hours. You're very good at driving things. You're, you're mm-hmm. just very, um, you're very self-organizing. You're very motivating. 
Um, I've never found you to be motivating in a pushy way. I've also never seen you when you're hungry um, because we're literally always eating together. Always eating. I have never seen you beyond like I'm starting to get snackish and it could be just the heat impacting it. Like on Mm -hmm. the boat when we don't have enough snacks, it's like, okay, we're wrapping this up. I've never seen you full hangry. So I I also have that benefit. It's a terrifying experience. I don't even like her. The hungry her. The hungry, that, that monster. Yeah, she's spooky. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dan, you've encountered her. She's frightening. She's oh. frightening. She's frightening. Well, thank you for that assessment and feedback. I appreciate it. You're, You're so welcome. pragmatic and so over, like, just able to like take a step back and see people. You see people very well. I do. You are a people, a, like assessor and very pragmatic and, able, and diplomatic and be able to be like, here's this person's strength, here's mm-hmm. what's going on, and here's how I keep all my little chiclets in their happy little pens. And yeah. it's usually snacks. <laughs> yeah, it is usually snacks. It's Absolutely. usually snacks. And this is why all of your people are so happy. And a lot of them are Hufflepuffs because anyone who's just happy with food is probably a Hufflepuff. You're right. <laughs> You're collecting Hufflepuffs. <laughs> <laughs> like little bunny foo-foos. Little bunny foo-foos. <laughs> <laughs> well that just brought me up on a really good level thank you for helping me work through that what a good day good day uh speaking of good days um to reiterate we did not do a dry july um oh yeah we failed uh speaking of where we're at in july we had mentioned a second ago um before we jump into our wellness updates i while you were pulling your card i pulled up leo traits because since it's it's not going to be when we release this in fact i think we will be post leo season when it happens but before we forget I'd like to start doing this a little bit where we call out and shout out the Leos of the world and maybe even help Leo lovers love and understand their Leos a little bit better. So I just went on, why the fuck does it have me on Bing as my default browser? This computer is trash. I deserve better than this. I deserve better than this. I am so much better than this. All right, I'm on the Google now. Leo Googles. Did in my Googles. That looks like Aslan. That's beautiful. Gorgeous. Compassion and big heartedness. Consciousness, drive, and natural leadership are the four main characteristics of the Leo personality. Leos are known for their generosity of time, energy, respect, and money. As a result, Leos are attracted to others. I have... Hold on. Let me go through every single one of them just so I can fact check. I don't know a single introverted Leo in my personal life. Nope. In my personal, I'm sure they exist because there are squirrely people all over the place, but my Leos are very hard and heavy, extroverted, loving, um, Mm -hmm. just get it done, have a good time. They're typically fairly confident. Yeah, typically in their thing. They're confident in the things that they enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like if they know they're good at something, they're like, (laughs) (laughs) excuse me, did I flex? (laughs) Do you want to see my mane? (laughs) 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 I am better than you at this. And you know what? And That's it's gorgeous. fucking fine. That is fucking fine. My longest best friend is a Leo, and she mm-hmm. is just. She and I have very, very similar spirits, but like the 
biggest difference between her and I. We're like, we're both huge romantics. We're mm-hmm. whimsical. We still both read young adult fantasy actively. So like, I was at Barnes & Noble today and got young adult fantasy books. Um, Love this. For myself. Um, she and I are very much like that, but she and I lived together at one point, and her idea at the end of the day coming home to her best friend was I get to hang out with my best friend when I get home so my day isn't so shitty my idea of coming home was I get to go home and nobody is gonna look at me talk to me or ask me for anything because that's all I do all day all the time is just take care of people I just want to go sit and breathe my own fucking air so that was a really hard time for our friendship so if you love a Leo who's extroverted just let them know that it's not them and it is just you because they are just good, loving, beautiful, roaring people. My daughter's a Leo and I'm she is a formidable force at 11 mm-hmm. months old. Yeah, she just wants to look at you and touch you every minute of the day. She started saying good in response to things and she like kind of nods and she goes, Gah. Oh. You say, honey, how are you doing? And she goes, Gah. I mean, she's good. But, like, with eyebrows, like, angry eyebrows, like, determined eyebrows, you know? She's just like, Your kids I am give good. a like, lot of eyebrows. to be good. Yeah. She's like, I'm determined to have a good time. <laughs> Fucking determined. And if I'm not having a good time, you go, no. Yeah. You go, hear it. I will let you know. Otherwise, I'm excellent. <laughs> Otherwise, great. Also, have you seen how pretty I am? Ha! Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Peek at me. Peek at me. Peek at me. <laughs> It's so delightful. I really yeah. love this is great. And I think it's so helpful to just just start giving like little little recap, little appetizers mm-hmm, of all mm-hmm. of our zodiacs and coming into these seasons. Because I truly think as we meld through the seasons and through the times, we do get impacted by these seasonal changes mm-hmm. and coming into Leo. Mm-hmm. Um I agree. Maybe maybe just these feelings. Maybe that's why I'm so conscious of how I'm being perceived by others because, like, this is big energy. Yeah, it is big energy. And it has a – Leos have a lot to do with, like, perception, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, Leos want to be perceived the way that they see themselves in a Mm -hmm. really big way to the point that they almost refuse to be misunderstood. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's kind of what you're feeling a little bit Mm -hmm. as we're coming into Leo season here. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just like, I just hope to God people are receiving me the way I intend to be received. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank I you love for you. That. I love you more. I doubt that. My heart is so big and squishy. You are a cancer. It's cold, though. It's cold. It's big, squishy, and cold. So, like. Mine's black like my baby blanket. <laughs> I was just thinking about making a black baby blanket today. I'm not kidding you. Do it. I literally I was just... fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me, ma'am. <laughs> Wendy, <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> More notes to follow up on. I wasn't dropped. Okay, so before we move on, um, let's pick some new oh, wellness, wellness activities and let's try to make them Leo-centric. Ooh, I let's really Let's go back like to that. what that page said. Leos are known for their generosity of time, energy, Ooh. respect, and money. Should we go volunteer together? I would love to volunteer. Yes. Where? What What do you think we should do off the top of your head? We'll brainstorm later and we'll solidify. But like first thing that comes to your mind, what are you thinking? As soon as you said volunteer, I think blood drive. So I don't think that's... That's not my bag. Yeah, my I was going to say. My <laughs> scar on my like face is 
from giving blood. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long um, story. Clean up. We should clean up um, around the... Crime scenes? Yeah. <laughs> your joy on your face is palpable. I can feel your joy. Uh-huh. So Ken's... <laughs> Ken says, how do you do it? You sign up. You volunteer. What yeah. is it? How did um, you, you do You can that? apply if you look for crime scene um, cleanup places. I uh, submitted my application to do cl- crime scene cleanups. Because you just have to have like kind of somewhat specific qualifications and or they prefer people who have like somewhat medical background sure. and are used to like chaos. gore yeah gore and because some people just don't do Saw movies. With it. yeah 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 um and i haven't heard back and it actually devastated me a little I bit i can see it in their your furrowed brow <laughs> i'm like why not me though <laughs> i want you know that I'm even scared to volunteer at animal shelters and old folks' homes because I'm too afraid to have feelings. And you're actively willing to go clean up brain matter. I just want to chip admire it off the walls. and fear you so deeply. You know? <laughs> no, I don't know. Want to know what cleaning products work great on it? For research purposes. <laughs> just- our- Do you want to fuck up our browser history later? Yeah. Great. Excellent. Let's get on some lists. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. Okay, so let's volunteer somewhere. Let's Um, do that. I was going to say, we should clean up um, around either one of the rivers or lakes nearby. Like, maybe pick a park or (gasps) something like that where you'd want to bring the kiddos. I'd want to bring the dogs. And that would kind of give back to our community, especially since it's so nice out. It's like, Um, I was just talking to Dan the other day. He asked me if I've ever done the wildlife drive. Yeah. We should go through there and double check to make sure it's still beautiful. And then on our way out maybe oh you know what we should do the yeah. whole way to goat yoga because we are doing <gasps> goat yoga yes on goat the 31st, yoga hitting some goat yoga we're so excited whole way to goat yoga let's bring bags let's yep. leave like 45 minutes Meh, let's do it on the way home yeah yeah we'll yeah. do it on the way home um let's bring bags let's make have our husbands make us sticks with nails in them with mm-hmm. the prongy things yes yeah. we'll yeah. diy it yeah i love that and let's we'll do clean that shit up yep perfect Nobody is like this is so privileged, but nobody's gonna ask us what we're doing. Absolutely, we live in rural Minnesota and we're two white women. They're gonna think that we're probably like the Picker Sisters or some shit, and they're Mm -hmm. gonna be like, "Are you gonna turn that old McDonald's bag into some paper mache face?" (laughs) Oh, we went very different. (laughs) (laughs) I went purse. You went face. And I'm just uh, gonna be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> carry crystals around our neck. They'll fucking leave us alone. They'll be like, oh, no God, one will approach the Wiccans that. are back. Yeah, we're in our do yoga not gear. Understand Wicca enough, and it upsets no. me. We should do a Wicca episode. Like, we should interview yes. some. Like, because I know that there are um, local covens in Minnesota. We Sorry. should. Um, we should interview um, one of the local covens sometime. That'd Agreed. Be really cool. I love that. I'm gonna <clears> go grab hers. So she's grab this somewhere. Um, and then. Yeah, I think donating some of our time because that that is a it's a big thing for Leos. They're known for their generosity of time, energy, respect, and money. So I think that the least that we can do in honor of our because we both love a lot of Leos, love a ton of Leos, love a lot of Leos. Let's do something Leo related for them. Gorgeous. I'm on board. Excellent. Okay, <clears throat> so when we get into this conversation talking about grief, um, grief's a really heavy topic, but. Uh. Beer burps. Love that. <clears throat> so grief is a really heavy topic. 
More beer burps. I wanted to be as not light, just like kind of as informative as I can. Because like, I feel like, like a lot of things in the United States, we're not taught a lot about things that we're actually going to like have problems with in our lives, you know, as we're growing Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> um, nobody sits you down and is like, we are going to learn about the five and or seven, depending on who you ask, um, <clears throat> stages of grief. They're like, oh, we're going to sit down and talk about Lieutenant Colonel Sanders and his mission for the chickens and like all of the fucking wars and the fucking nonsense that <clears throat> like, yeah, let us read a book maybe, but like. There are other things that are going to be more pertinent. I'm going to yeah, use daily. I will right. use this daily. Exactly. Like geometry. I haven't used daily. I'm going to be real no. honest with you. Uh, Mr. Webb was a dope teacher, but I have not used math in my adult life other than something I can just fucking Google. Mm-hmm. So, you know, learning how to cope with being alive is kind of important. So I kind yeah. of wanted to approach it from a little bit more of a pragmatic um just informational perspective and any candor that we have together will be <clears throat> just a little bit more flux, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just wanted to keep things, um, it's a very heavy subject. It can yes. be a very heavy subject if you haven't taken the steps to um, learn how to approach grief from a more productive standpoint. And depending on the stage that you're in, Everything's very subjective and everything's always easier said than done. But, you know, you had mentioned earlier that I'm good at removing myself and seeing things logically. I think that's a really good way that I've learned how to deal with grief in my own life. I actually feel like I carry other people's grief um, harder because, like, I know myself and I know what I'm capable of, you know? Like, I know what I'm capable of coping with. So when other people that I love come to me with their grief... um, that is almost more burdensome for me because I can't influence their healing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <clears throat> I can influence it, but I, I can't actively help them heal themselves necessarily. Yep. It's very intrinsic and introspective and it's, it's very internalized. So we're going in logically. So the first question that I want to ask you is when you think of grief, what comes to your mind? Just very basic. Like if you were Miriam Webster, what do you, what's grief? When I think of grief, I think of coping with or the process of loss and the subsequent fallout from whatever that might be. And that can be from a person, an experience, really anything that you're having to remove yourself from. Yes, I'm <clears throat> I'm pumped to hear that that's your perception because that's kind of when I was going through my research that is the narrative that is being written now. Our oh. generation is writing that narrative. It was previously like <clears throat> you know everyone has always kind of been like, "Ah, shut up, don't talk about your feelings." Like, oh, suck yeah. it up." Yeah. You know that kind of stuff. And I think our generation has, you know, seen through our grandparents and our parents and, you know, some of the stuff that we went through and Things like that being like, this isn't fucking right. So our generation has really taken it upon themselves to start rewriting some of that shit and getting on top of it a little bit more. So whereas grief was previously thought about as mourning the death of a human. Yes. Or mourning the loss of a a person. It's really being re-understood, re-adapted, and re- 
assigned, I guess, as the loss of a thing that you love, you know? Yeah. Because, like, it could be... It could be a person. Absolutely, it could be a person. It could be a pet. It could be a stage of your life. Like, imagine if you oh, were to, yeah. like, imagine if you were to retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The loss that you would feel of, like, waking up on a Monday and having nothing to log into. Absolutely. While it might be positive, there's still grief. There's still Absolutely. loss. Absolutely. There's, like, it's a huge thing that's just gone. Like, I remember going through the grief of um, knowing I was never going to bear another child. Yeah. Very shortly after my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. And that kind of melded in a little bit to my postpartum and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But like that grief was, um, it was very natural. It was, but it wasn't for a, ne- it wasn't necessarily for a specific person. It was for the idea of right. like something. Um, I experienced it also the last time that I took the floor at a dance competition. Oh, sure. Right. When I was competing, I remember my very last competition. I remember exactly how I felt. And I like, honestly, if I think about it too hard, like I still haven't really fully dealt with it. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time watching So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah. Because it like, if I think too hard about how those dancers are feeling, it's like, whoa. Yeah. You know? So it's, um, it can just be anything that you feel really passionately about or love. And so um, when I had heard, I can't even remember, I will tag it. I believe it was um, the Russell Brand interview. Do you know who Russell Brand is? Yeah, I do. What do you think about Russell Brand? Like, what do you think of him as a human? Give me your bullet points. He is feral. He is... (laughs) He is drugs. (laughs) He is wild. He's kind of an enigma of a person. But I also think that, you know... He's woke as fuck. Like, he is one of the ever-beings that actually knows what's going on, but doesn't have enough power to make things change. But he's like, guys! Hello! Hello! Hello out there! He's just like, somebody! Listen! Yeah, yes. Yeah, Yeah. I think he's just, like, existing out there and trying his best to be like... Or not. Or he's just like, never mind. No, he's doing great. (laughs) He's fucking doing great. He's got a podcast. And let me tell you, I listened to the beginning of his interview with... um, one of the two people who came up with the Kubler-Ross grief cycle. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Tell yeah, me more. yeah. So <clears throat> they, I think it was him, uh, the, the, I think it was Mr. Ross, because I believe it's Mr. Ross and Miss Kubler. I could have that opposite. Um, I didn't write their names down specifically. I, I know that correct. she is the dearly departed. She has moved yeah. on. Um, he is still actively practicing, as far mm-hmm. as I know, in grief counseling and things like that. Um, so it, it, it was him who said that, you know, you, you can't, you're never going, you can live a full life. Grief is a choice is what he said. Grief is absolutely a choice. And you can choose to never experience grief in your entire life because it's painful. It's, it's icky. It's that hard stuff that we keep referring to is like doing the work isn't cute. Like, yeah, grief can be that. And you can choose to not have it, but then you're going to also have to choose on never loving your spouse, never loving a hobby, never loving your children, never connecting with a pet, never falling in love with a place, ne- mm-hmm. like all of that stuff. He's like, so feel fucking free. You can go ahead and live grief free, but you're also never going to love anything truly. Because if you don't love something enough to feel viscerally crushed when it is no longer part of your life, I mean, it's scary to to think about losing something, but imagine if you didn't have anything that you were afraid to lose. Right. Anything to grieve. Mm-hmm. He also talked about the concept of um, 
a healthy concept, he tagged it. He said multiple times, this is a healthy practice, this is a healthy concept, um, was preliminary or preemptive grieving. So, like, it's something that people tend to do. I've been doing this a lot with Bear lately. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just knowing, like, okay, my lab is getting into her teen years, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of prepping yourself in a way not like perpetuating on it but like it's like when you find out somebody has a terminal disease or something Mm -hmm. like that it's like okay we know it's going to happen eventually and he said um i can't remember his full name mr ross said that you know that practice of just like prepping yourself a little bit yeah and coming to terms with things can help it can help speed you through the cycle a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the cycle. Yeah. So previously it was five stages of grief. Now in certain, some places you'll see it's seven stages of grief. When you see that it's seven, it's actually five of them broken out, like further categorized just a little bit and like subcategories. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and they usually have a little asterisk next to them being yeah. like, these are all the new ones. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the original five are denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. Um, and we'll talk about those in just a second. The When you get into the seven, <clears throat> it's shock. They add shock in as okay. its own. Absolutely. Then denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, they add it in and acceptance okay i'm curious to learn more about that that's fascinating yeah okay so so before before you make any preconceived assumptions before Mm -hmm. you have any preconceived notions that list whether it's the five or the seven it sounds like steps right 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 not true at all right not linear it's not linear it is not linear you can experience certain stages multiple times through triggers through more traumas, everything. Like, mm-hmm. you can go through these phases any which way. It doesn't matter how many times you've grieved the loss of something or someone. Every grief is going to be different because you learn so much through every grief process, whether it's a small grief of, like, losing your ability to go out freely in public during a fucking pandemic. Yeah. Or if it's like, oh, the, hmm, the red squirrel that torments my white squirrel finally got the white squirrel to leave and now i don't see that white squirrel anymore and that was like one of the happiest parts of my day when i was going through a really depressive period like it's weird shit you know yeah you can grieve all sorts of things to different degrees and everything like that and it looks so different every time to every single person and you can never predict it and you can never expect anything from anyone so even if it's like you and your sibling experiencing the loss of a parent and you experience it very differently even though, like you could be twins you could still experience it differently right exactly you know mm-hmm. and so i think understanding yourself through grief takes a ton of introspection and understanding somebody else through grief takes a lot of empathy because like i can't force somebody to reach a point of acceptance just by saying like, oh, you know, this stuff happens or, oh, you know, Mm. it wasn't your fault or, you know, they were old. Like it, there's nothing that you can do from an outside perspective other than just be a comforting presence. Right. You can't coach anybody into feeling better. Just, you know, it's your own journey. Um, So these stages a little bit, I wrote down... Off of one of my resources, I found 
on the five different ways that these stages can manifest in different people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you could, how many combos could you see right here between the five that you could mix and match to see like one that you might think is logical here is illogical here is logical here is illogical here is, you know, like it could, it could be very strange. Yeah. Yep. So could you actually, because I'm sick of hearing my own voice, could you read (laughs) for these guys what they could look like and let me know if any of them really stick out to you? Absolutely. Or like, are like, whoa, I never would have thought that one. Absolutely. So in denial... Uh, beginning, even though this like not going in any order, but in denial covers uh, avoidance, confusion, elation, shock, and fear. Of course, elation right. like, comes out really weird. I thought that too. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you, what the fuck? Yeah. How? Yeah. But I so like I guess now that like when I read it at first, I'm like elation, and then I think I've seen this where you know somebody. it's misperceived like somebody's family member dies and they almost I've seen people start laughing okay I mean you've seen a lot of yeah you've you've seen a lot of people pass I I have I've I've seen a lot of people pass I've seen a lot of people kind of transition then I've seen a lot of people's reaction to that passing whether actually during the transition process um, or postmortemly. And so there have been some instances where when somebody passes away, they just start, people laugh. And and maybe that's the elation they're talking about. I laugh when I'm really uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a serious experience. And I think sometimes people are so uncomfortable with this seriousness. Sure. Um, That makes sense. So I guess when I I first read it, I responded weird. But then I I was like, in what world? Yeah. Like, that's what you have to do. You have to say, like, in what fucking world could you possibly be laughing right now? And you have to have that reaction Mm -hmm. in your own fucking head. So you're not an asshole. Let me say it louder (laughs) for the people in the back. There are inside thoughts and there are outside thoughts. Say it in your fucking head. Yeah. Be decent. There's so many thoughts just to keep inside. Be decent. So many thoughts. Um, but, like, I, yeah. I, I perpetuated on it for a while, even after I wrote it. And I was like, how? Because I've been in, you know, I've been in situations yeah. like that. Yeah. Not nearly as much as you have, but, like, I couldn't fucking fathom someone mm-hmm. being elated when, you know, somebody passed or something exactly. like that. But. It's hard to picture it. Right. But, like, also, who wrote that? And Mm -hmm. what is the context? Because, like, Mm -hmm. is elation actually some form of relief? Like, exactly. They've moved. Or, like, you can't even fucking fathom that their pain and suffering is finally over. Like, Mm -hmm. somebody who's been long suffering, like, maybe with, like, um, like, ALS or cancer Mm -hmm. or anything else that you've been watching this person become a shell of who they really were. So, when they are finally, when their soul is no longer beholden to that sad little crusty shell that's about to yep. blow away in the wind. Yep. I could see that you might be elated that they're no longer, you know, of the earth in exactly. that horrible slug pose. You exactly. Know? And I think your brain almost goes on this like spinning wheel mm-hmm. when this happens. Like, I see people wait with like bated breath when someone's getting ready to pass, right? Yeah. Like they're taking their final breaths and these breaths are they're in, you know, they're, they're not, doing the agonal breathing, yep, right? They're not pretty. It's not pretty. And these agonal breaths can be every 30 seconds yeah. to a minute. And they're waiting. Dramatic. And these yeah. people are like 
in tears, quiet pacing. And then the minute they pass, you can feel this lightness yeah. in the room. Um, and maybe that's part of it. It's like they've just been, not that Pets they want. For so long. Yes, like not that they yes. want the person to be gone, but they just want that horrible traumatic moment to be, be gone. Because it's coming. It is coming. Exactly. Yeah. You know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Joe and I had to have hard conversations. Right. Yeah. So With like, that. exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when you know it's coming, it's like, all right. <laughs> Let's just ah, it, it, over. it feels like mm-hmm. your chest is going to explode. It feels like something is going to just punch right out your sternum and just you're going to vomit and everything is terrible. So, yeah, I mean, I could see like when you're finally no longer like, ugh, like when you can mm-hmm. actually breathe, that breath could possibly be elation. Absolutely. That I could definitely see. Sure. Just right. to be able to move. <clears throat> Let's move on. Um, so anger, frustration, irritation, anxiety, which I think I definitely... I've seen all of... Seen all that. Seen and experienced er damn one. Although anger is a secondary emotion, yes? Yeah. I think there's a lot of research that says it's a secondary emotion. Uh, actually, I think... Secondary meaning that like anger is not able to be conjured without something else an underlying cause Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. a it's a it's not a primary color correct you have to mix or have another color to make that color yes present yes i do think brene brown and i might be misquoting but i believe brene brown argues the fact that she does feel like it's a it's a primary emotion in some cases uh but i i it's so hard to know right yeah because we're so we're so absorbed in ourselves when <laughs> yeah. we're in the moment. Yeah. It's really hard to know. Anger itself is a really subjective concept, I guess. It but is. Again, yes. all of those check out. None of yes. those weirded me out. Depression, overwhelmed, helplessness, hostility, and flight. I wanted to highlight hostility. Hit me with it. Yeah. Hostility, I think people would assume would be under anger. Very fair assessment. Yeah. I'm a real depressed person and I can mm-hmm. get real hostile. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I can t- tell me why you think that is. I feel like I become immediately hostile when people start questioning me. Okay. Um, when people start questioning um, something that I know I believe is true and feel is true in my heart. Mm-hmm. That like immediate violent anger. Like if I have done any and everything that I can to make someone believe that I am bearing my soul <clears throat> and they don't take it at face value and they try to read into my words that I am trying to be super clear with, I just get fucking angry immediately. And I know that that can translate as guilt. Mm. But when somebody misunderstands me in a really critical moment when I'm trying to be crystal clear, I just would rather punch them in the face because like I have already perpetuated on how to explain it. I don't know how else to explain it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So when I'm really depressed and I'm trying to, I mean, this was a lot like longer ago in our relationship, but my depression was a huge point of um, issue for Joe and I because he did not understand that like, it wasn't because of him. Mm-hmm. And when he would be like, well, it, it's got to be me. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's like, what is this? What's going on? I would get very hostile about that. Like, I fucking said it's not. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> like, Listen with your ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's kind of what I mean. But like hostility seems like an anger thing. So it being categorized under depression stood out to me a little bit. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense when you explain it that way. 
Thank you. And I can also see maybe a little bit um, having had depression at one point in my life. Sometimes it's just like being so tired and not uh-huh. having the energy to go into it uh-huh. any further. And it's like, I am giving you what I have. Yeah. Uh, my tank's empty. I'm yeah. blowing my fumes at you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Like, Take it. what I got. Yeah. Otherwise, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go cry and sleep and cry and sleep and sleep and cry. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so bargaining. So bargaining. Struggling to find meaning. Reaching out to others, telling your story. So this one didn't make a lot of sense to me until I got into the seven-step one. We'll read through the seven-step one a little bit too because it gives one-liners about it. And that really made bargaining make more sense to me because the, 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 I want to know how they came up with that title because it didn't make sense to me here. Yeah. It's just kind of ambiguous. Yeah. The context here is a little shaky. Like, yeah. I understand the concept of bargaining, bargaining, but what's falling under their subcategories is a little shaky. Right. Like, how it can show up. Yeah. 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 It's just, it reads weird. Yeah. And then acceptance, exploring options, new plan in place, moving on. And that's very, I mean, that yeah, 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 yeah. feels that's very... That's pretty spot on. Yeah. But so, like, going to the seven, yeah. <clears throat> that acceptance, when it breaks it out into the, to the testing and acceptance, and... I think that also makes it make a lot more sense. Could you read th- through those ones? Yeah. Okay. Just read through all these. Yep. Okay. So these are the one-liners. Oh, the modified. Yep, okay. This is the modified. This is with the seven rather than the five. Okay. So the modified Kubler-Ross model. So shock, initial paralysis at hearing the bad news. So this 100%. was added in. This was an add-in before it was shock slash denial or denial with shock as one of like this, how it can manifest. I think enough people, I mean, so I should say this too, in the interview that he did with Russell Brand, he mentioned that like, they got a lot of flack for putting these things together because I think when people are, this is just an opinion, this is super just conjecture, when people are too sensitive and like, victim-y mm. and like, sh- just fucking shitty about everything and annoying... The comment he said that they were getting is like, you're trying to tell us how we're allowed to grieve. And he's like, no, honey. Like, I'm just trying to help you make sense of something that's really fucking hard to make sense of yeah. on your own. Like, yeah. these are the notes. Do with it what you will. Yeah, so, like, take it or leave it. Exactly. Exactly. Like this podcast. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking of taking or leaving, we had South Africa added to our list. South oh. Africa, South Africa, Latvia, and uh, the UK. Oh, I love them all. Yeah. All great places. We also have a weird following in Pittsburgh. What's up, Pittsburgh? What? Yeah. <laughs> How can you stand our accents? So good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So when they broke that mm-hmm. one out, um, I think it makes a lot of sense to, m- to me personally. Yeah. Like in my own experience. Yep. Absolutely. So denial, trying to avoid the inevitable. Totally that tracks. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I would want to avoid it. I'm going to deny it. Be like, nope, we're. Yeah. We're very busy doing the dishes. Yeah. There are plants to be planted. Yep. When we found there are out frogs to meet. There are frogs to meet. When we found out Kirby maybe had heart failure, Dan was like, or he's just got allergies. Yeah. D- allergies. Just deny, 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 yeah. deny, deny. Um, anger, frustrated uh, outpouring of bottled up emotions. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
I thought that was a nice way to categorize anger was just like you've been bottling up your feelings and this is how it's manifesting. However that is, whether it's like the drop of a pin or you can't find your car keys or Janet at work steals your mug and you break it over <laughs> her skull. Um, you know, However it's all it goes. part of the grief cycle. Yeah. Sorry, I'm Janet, grieving! I'm grieving! I'm grieving! <laughs> Fuck you, I'm grieving! <laughs> uh, like, just get a t-shirt. Look out, everybody, I'm grieving. I'm grieving. Oh, that'd be really great. That would be a good t-shirt. That'd be a great t-shirt. T.M. Akinak. Yeah. <laughs> XOXO Akinac. Ooh, I love Ooh. that. Ooh. Get ready, we're gonna have a brand store. Oh listen to your auntie. <laughs> listen to your auntie. <laughs> yes, I like the way that it phrased that yeah, one because it made it, it made good sense in a very concise little Yeah. Little snack. Yeah. Bargaining, seeking in vain for a way out. Oh yeah, that's a really nice way to bundle that. Yes. That made so much more sense to me. Mm-hmm. So much more sense to me because like, so when we read the, through the other ones, keeping yeah. that in mind, yep. read it one more time for, louder seeking, for the people in the back. Bargaining is seeking in way, vain for a way out. And then historically, it was struggling to find meaning, reaching out to others, telling your story. So you right. were trying to like find an escape route. It's, exactly. Trying to make sense of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Doing like doing anything to like make it end. Yeah. Ugh. Pew. Yeah. Depression. Final realization of the inevitable. Testing. Seeking realistic solutions. So this is new. This is the like breakout that. from the acceptance. Like that. Yeah. Like that. Um, acceptance. Finally finding a way forward. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think it's a really good differentiator because mm-hmm. like acceptance is when you're really, like, I feel like acceptance, you're never fully done grieving. No. It's just, like, the goal, the goal is that you can think about and honor the thing that you lost in a way that is no longer painful. Exactly. And that is when you've reached acceptance. You're never done grieving something. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I I like to think of grieving as, like, you can visit your grief, but you just yes. can't live there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when people hit the acceptance phase and you, you know, rock with that for the rest of your life, that acceptance is really just the that ability to be like, okay, this is a thing that happened. This is how it impacted me. This is how I maybe changed. Mm-hmm. And this is what it, how my views have changed. And this is what's going to happen moving forward. And... You know, like, it's it's just, it's never going to go away. No. Like, the fact that my grandpa died is mm-hmm. never going away. Right. It's a new piece of you. Right. Like, that's a new sliver of of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every person I've ever lost and um, to death or whatever, um, you know, they're just a, they're just another moment I take every mm-hmm. once in a while just to... You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Just to feel it, just to experience yeah. it, and then come back to where we are. Yeah. And, like, that's not to say that just because, like, my friend who passed 11 or 12 years ago, like, I've already hit the acceptance and stuff like that, that doesn't mean that I don't ever get sad about mm-hmm. that specific situation. Like, I remember the first time I outaged one of my friends who had passed away. Mm. Like, my grief cycle started over. Sure. Because it was like, okay, now I get to experience all of these beautiful things that that person that I loved so very much is never, ever, ever. They they are not even gonna see it. Right. They'll never know what yes. this was like. So like, grief cycles can even restart. They can like, 
jump to a new phase at any time. Mm-hmm. And the responsible way to grill with to grill with Deef. Grill with Deef. The responsible way to deal with grief, in my opinion, is to just be fucking honest. Yeah. Because some of these phases, it's hard to be honest in them. So when Mm -hmm. you get to a phase where you're able to be honest, be honest. Like, Mm -hmm. live in that honesty. Sit in that honesty. And deal with it. Because if you're feeling sad, it means that you felt strongly about something. And that's good. Yeah. That's so good. There's so many people out there in the world that wake up and they're like, why the fuck am I here? (laughs) So, like, if you wake up and go, like, man, I am so sad about this one thing. It's like, fuck, you lived for that amount of time yeah you know and it's just another gorgeous brush stroke on the canvas that is you absolutely and even like painters will know this even the brush strokes that you get on there that or a color that you mix that's not quite right like it becomes part of the bigger picture and it makes you so much more interesting to look at than like some beautiful carbon copy of Mm -hmm. something else so learning how to deal with grief in and of yourself very important life skill as important in my opinion as learning how to cook for yourself if you're a living breathing human you need to learn how to feed yourself learn how to take care of yourself it's not cute to just be like i don't like it Uh." Mm -hmm. yeah please learn how to scramble an egg i don't know Mm -hmm. but like i don't know grief is just inherently part of living a fulfilling life i think I agree. I agree. It's painful, but there's something beautiful in that experience as well. Yeah. And don't ever pressure somebody to grieve the way that you grieve because they are not you and you are not them. And if anyone ever told you how to be, (laughs) gross. Ew. If anyone ever expects you to be over something, Mm -hmm. drown them. Don't drown them. Yeah. <laughs> Dump. Just be done. Limited with them. liability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, maybe put that in your little black book of reasons that you don't like send that person a Christmas card. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know, one less, one less four ninety nine to add to the Shutterfly cart. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally fair. Like, yeah. It is your journey. It's your experience, and how you spend time and where you add value is entirely unique to you. Yeah, absolutely. If someone is ever telling you that you're not allowed to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. They're incorrect. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to feel however you feel. And that other person might be able to say, like, that wasn't my intention. And I'm very sorry that you do feel that way. It was not my intention. Intention is really important. Intention is really important. important. However, we don't want you to live in your grief. No, 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 no. Yeah. Absolutely If someone's trying to help you not live in your grief and, and get into a healthy place. Right. Like... You can't just sit there and and not help yourself. These are the tools to like identify and understand. Separate yourself like the way that I do with people. I see them as a human, not how they're impacting me. Mm -hmm. You know, I see how my experiences are impacting my Mm well-being and I learn and adjust from there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not always great at it. Every situation is completely different. Um, and yeah, just knowing that these tools exist and just like having access to understanding it in a way that like we didn't really have it as children makes me feel very empowered as a parent. Absolutely. Um, I think that 
the way that grief and loss and distress in general, that how it was handled um, in my youth specifically was like not the most appropriate for making me a resilient adult. Um, so I'm very excited to have these things at my fingertips to help make my children more resilient and emotionally um, well-rounded adults someday so that they can show up that way from an earlier stage and be brighter lights to everybody they encounter. That's a beautiful sentiment. And I look forward to seeing that and being part of it. You get a front row seat. Sorry. (laughs) They're loud and they're dirty and they're really cute. Straight up. I know all that. And when you're having a bad day, they're gonna be like, Ken's, do you want to talk about this? And you're going to go, what? Excuse? (laughs) You're gonna be like, that wasn't my generation. Bye. (laughs) Kick their spine through their chest. (laughs) I haven't talked since 1997. (laughs) I did I know how to talk? Yeah, I did know how to talk in 1997. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Did not know how to write my name though. I probably did. I don't know. Mom, <laughs> you have more notes to give to Sarah. Uh, I should just like sub her for you for an episode. Oh, that would be so fun to just be sub so each funny. other's moms for yeah. an episode. Oh, yeah. so fun. That'd be great. Yeah. So, like I said, I didn't want to make this super heavy because like, it's like periods. It's just a part of life. Yeah. You know, it's like periods. It's like sex. It's like pooping. Grief is just part of life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it is all the, th- yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to fucking happen. And if it doesn't happen, if you don't ever grieve in your life, woo! Yeah. And talk about it. You have a heart of stone if yeah. you don't ever grieve. Like, blessed are the grievers because mm-hmm. they have loved. They have loved. That might be a quote from somewhere. If it is, I'm really sorry. I don't know what it's from. I just said it out of my brain. Um, I'm not trying to plagiarize anybody, but it sounds like something quotable. Sounds really nice. We should Google it so we don't get, like, sued. Uh, I'm going to Google it. Yeah, Google that. Um, So I know this was a very my voice heavy episode. I apologize for that. Every time I listen back to an episode, I would just... I. I want to take voice lessons. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, it's not that bad. But um, thank you guys for buckling in for an episode that's, you know, not the not the easiest. Um, and I would like to invite, first and foremost, I'd like to invite all of our Leos who are listening. If you are a Leo, drop a comment on our Instagram or on our TikTok um, about what your favorite thing about yourself is. We would love to know. Um, and if you identify with your Leoness, we have... We have got to know. Yeah. And um, the other thing that I would like to challenge everybody to do is pick one small thing over the next calendar year that you would like to make peace with. You know? I feel like a calendar year is an appropriate amount of time to yeah. at least start thinking about something deep. That's a really lovely amount of time to ruminate. Yeah. If you have a and therapist. And update your I'm resume. Gonna, <laughs> and update your resume. Um, if you have a therapist, I'm going to cut that down to seven months. If you oh, do yeah. not have a therapist, you have a calendar year. That's a reasonable amount of time. I love a deadline. I love, love a deadline. I know you love a deadline. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what our next episode is going to be. Honestly, we are we're getting to a cadence now where we're recording so far in advance that um, we might do fun stuff between now and our next scheduled yeah. thing. Because like you know, there's goats. We're, there's, we're doing goat yeah, yoga. We're we're going on adventures. Things. There's all sorts of fun stuff to do. Yeah. Um, so we'll see you soon. Yeah. 
We'll see you very, very soon. And um, thank you all around the world for tuning yes. in. What the hell is that about? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like Pittsburgh and Africa and like just everywhere. It How just, did you find us? We love you. We love you so much. Have a day as good as you. Oh, you're all so good. So She's good. right. <laughs> <laughs>